Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. This week, I had Joshua McCullough and David Gavitt come in to talk to me about their consulting company, Let's Empower Together. Their business card says LET provides study abroad and career consultation services. But as you'll hear in the conversation, they're trying to do so much more than that. Finding your way in life can be hard, and they're looking to bring a new perspective to the way we approach studying abroad, career development, and yeah, basically life in general. Well, I'll start off. Well, my name is Josh McCullough. I am the president and CEO of uh, Let's Empower Together, but are known as LET. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm David Gavin. I'm the education manager for LET. Let's Empower Together. I've been living here in Taipei, Taiwan, for about the past six years. Uh, so I went onto your website and uh, I checked out your mission statement and your vision. So to give everybody who's listening. Uh, sense of this.、Uh, so your mission is to facilitate solutions of societal and cultural challenges, and provide an innovative approach to young people in creating a positivity and success-driven mindset through personal, educational, and career developments. And your vision is to inspire by influencing and connecting people to their purpose and facilitating the process with methods and systems to thrive in all areas of life. So can you explain kind of how you came about this? You know, what inspired you maybe to to start Let's Empower Together and all that? Sure. Well, first off, we're a consulting company. I didn't mention that. And、uh, what we,、uh, what our goals and what our mission is—you just said it, laid it out perfectly—is that we want to support people and be of service. And that's kind of what inspires me.、Um, about five years ago, I went through a personal development leadership program that really kind of supported my belief of, of、um, creating a major impact in the world. And what that led to is、um, remembering my university days and、um, dealing with、uh, international students coming from overseas, whether it be Taiwanese, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, that were coming to the university. Missouri. I was going to school there, and、um, I was working with the Asian American organization called、um, AAA.、Uh, AAA, it's Asian American Association. And、um, what we did is we created an opportunity with them to collaborate with them to help, you know, help bring them some comfortability because that was one of the biggest challenges for them. Is what I talked to them about is、uh, their. Confidence level with their English really set uncomfortability to where they weren't able to assimilate、uh, more effectively. So what we did is we created a program of orientation. Every time they would a new、um, semester would come along, students would come in and the international students, and we would help support them by, you know, making like a a booklet of like the local businesses and whatnot, and and also like you know what the best things to do in town and things like that. And、uh, what that really supported them with is being comfortable when they got to the states, and、um, so that they could really、uh, lead to a more、uh, assimilation to their、uh, to their life and be able to experience culture in the states. So that really brought me back to that. And、um, to start LET, that was kind of the big thing for me is like finding out and and interviewing and talking to people that are here, students. Professors, family members, friends,、um, to find out what the biggest challenges were for international students, and、um, that's a big thing: is their confidence level. And so I, I wanted to start something that really would support that, and、um, in every facet, like in university preparation, preparing them for school and whatnot. So I think that's one huge thing. And cultural transition is another one of our services. We can get into that in a minute, though.、Um, that's a big thing for preparation for students is to be、um, really comfortable before they leave. So I, I saw that was huge for them, and that's what inspired me really to to start. Let's empower together. Do you want to add to that? 
Yeah. Um, so just one of the other problems that, that we see uh, with this happening is that there are uh, a lot of local schools that are sending students abroad from Taiwan. And uh, there's really only a couple, a handful of schools in uh, in the Taipei area or in Taiwan in general that are kind of like really preparing um, students for, for this experience when they go abroad. And, you know, those are like the, the expat schools. Uh, basically, you know, the, the expat community here these days is quite small. So those schools uh, essentially meet their needs. Um, and then most of the, the demand for international education has continued to increase in Taiwan. Uh, but it's not coming from, from expats. So those schools aren't really growing. So it's really growing more in terms of local schools. And, you know, I just have to be perfectly honest and say that most of those schools are not adequately preparing uh, students from Taiwan for their experience when they go abroad to university. How are they failing their students? Um just that you know most from what i've seen and, and heard about most of these schools they're still doing everything um you know the education system is still very local they might have some some foreign teachers i mean you know there might be some bilingual programs but yeah it's still pretty much everything is done in a very local way and it doesn't get students prepared for for the experiences that they're going to have when they go to university compared to, you know, some of the international schools uh, in the Taipei area. Okay, so what are some of the ways that they should be preparing their students for this transition? I was actually going to add on to that, if you don't mind, real quick. I was going to say that, um, you know, it's a systemic issue here. And it's not, a, it's nothing, no judgment. It's an acceptance of it. It's a notice of, you know, what's actually been going on with the, based on the research that I've been, you know, talking to students and professors and, and finding out like what the, what the challenges are for the, the educational system. And it's, it's based in the exam oriented system that it is and comparatively to the West and um, how there's no really comprehension or critical thinking or asking why, why am I learning this? What is, you know, asking why questions, if you will. Um, and what happens is, is when they become taught answers and regurgitating those answers, basically that's just saying you're right and I'm just listening, I'm following along to what that is. And, and the consequences, whether they be intended or unintended, come out to be a lot of comparison in their lives of like who they are compared to their classmates because they're actually ranked. You know, If you're familiar with the school system, um, they're ranked at a young, young age. When they're like seven years old, they're already, you know, um, getting grades in class and being compared to their classmates. Um, they're getting, getting compared to their friends. And it's a traditional mindset or traditional thinking. So um, that leads all the way up to, you know, the junior high level that they're comparing themselves to them, to their classmates, to their, you know, expectations of their grades um, to be number one in their class. And then on the wall, they see one through 30 and they're number two. Even if they're number two, that's still not number one. So that creates a mindset of I'm not enough. And um, what that also gets to is a kind of lowers their confidence or their self-esteem. Getting into their junior high um, school, they're testing into the next level basically from junior high into high school, the high school into college. And um, it goes to that same mindset as if you're not getting into the best schools, your family, you kind of get looked down upon, you look down upon yourself. So you have a sense of shame. And um, what that really does for someone is it, 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 it lessens their ability to look and see what the future is, what's possible and um, less motivation, um, less hope, if you will. Mm -hmm. So um, with that said, like I said, that's not intended. I'm, I'm, 
positive that it's not. It's an unintended consequence to the system. And so by noticing that, we want to bring solutions to those challenges, um, such as positive and success mindset, starting off with that, and then supporting students with their uh, study abroad aspirations, you know, what that could bring to them um, as far as their career goals, their career aspirations. Okay, so what is a positive and successful mindset? If you're mm-hmm. dealing with all these issues, you know, sure. like uh, within this culture, how do you kind of change that? Um, I think it's goal oriented. So um, setting like um, goals and, and having success in them, like noticing your success. Because I ask one of my biggest questions is, you know, do you know that that was? Um, tell me a success that you had today, or a win for today, or a win for as a goal. You know, and and a lot of I get a lot of blank stares. Like, what do you mean a win? Or, you know, or success for my, it's like they have to think really hard about what, where their goals were, what their goals are, because goals are laid out for them. Go to school, get your grade A, and go to the best school, and then your, your tests, your test results will lead you to the career that you'll have versus what your passion or purpose is underneath all that. So positive and success mindset, putting that into perspective is, what is your purpose? What are you here to do? What is, what is your dream? What's your goals? Like, you know, like that's personal, like within you, not instead of like laid out and said, this is who you are, you know? And like I said, there's no criticizing or judgmental aspect to that. It's just, it's a systemic issue and it's, it's um, something that can be transformed if wanted and if open and willing to, you know, think of what's possible. Does that answer your question? <laughs> it does, yeah. But I guess the underlying thing, though, is sure. if, if you do adopt uh, this different perspective, yeah. having a goal mindset mm-hmm. and uh, keeping in mind the wins that you have for a day, right? Because mm-hmm. like, that kind of, does that take you away from, um, I guess, your fellow classmates and everything? Does that make you different? How likely are young people willing to do that? You know, That's kind of an ego thing, right? So our ego plays two roles. Our ego says two things to us, right? If you're not familiar, it's like, I'm right and keep me safe. So do things to keep me safe and make sure that I'm right. So keeping me safe, going to that notion, is that um, stay in your comfort zone. Don't expand your comfort box. You know, don't take any risks because what happens when you risk, basically you're going against fear. So that's kind of what a, a, a keep me safe, like, like a survivalist mindset is, which is good. There's nothing wrong with a survivalist mindset. Though at the same time, that also plays against you taking a risk on your goals and your dreams and what you want. Um, going to that, to answer the question about, does it make them different? Well, yeah, I would think that it does though. Doesn't different create the life that you want. Yeah. If you stay the same and you just stay the same lifestyle as everybody else, you're probably going to end up with the same results as that have happened in the last decade, yeah. century, what have you in the yeah. traditional mindset, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, and in this case, difference is a good thing. It's for the better. Right? Yeah. I th- oh, I'm not going to say better because that's a judgment. I think it's more effective. Mm-hmm. More effective. Okay. More effective, yeah. Um, so <laughs> what are the, some of the steps that you guys are taking? Um, like what are some of the, I guess, services you're going to provide for, sure. for students and all that stuff? And I guess uh, really get into sure. maybe like the process, like walk me through that. Sure. Our goals and our, our services is to support students through the success and positive mindset that we've been talking about, creating goals, you know, sitting down with students and, and, and finding out where they're at educationally and also in mind of where they want to go. You know, what do you want in your life and what's stopping you? So how's come, that received? I mean, that, that first initial oh, step, that first step, first step, really hard to get them to talk I, about I, that. I don't think it's hard because that, that'll be like something that I can bat with. It's not hard if you don't think it's hard. I think it's about creating space for the students and for the people that I talk to. Um, I think that's a big thing for me is like creating space of like, here, I'm here to listen. I'm here to understand, you know, where you're at and I'm here to accept where you're at. And if I don't come from that space, if I come from a combative or judgmental space, um, the students will have that 
reaction that you're talking about, the response I get is that, oh, he's willing to listen. He wants to know where I'm at, like cares about where I'm at. And um, I think that's a big um, a big step towards building our relationship because it's all about that, you know, building the relationship with the student and their parents, actually. That's kind of the next actually not next that's almost even more important than with the student because the student is yeah they're they're um wanting to share but though it's like almost getting the quote-unquote approval of the parents of like oh, okay i say that you care about us and you want to support us so um so moving on from that from that initial conversation of you know i'm i'm here for you i'm i want to know where you're at and and where you want to go it goes to um you know from that space what their wants and needs are based on that you know their university if they're wanting to study abroad um, and from their um, results of like their test scores and and what have they taken if they've taken like the SAT or the TOEFL or the IELTS or, or what have you, um, kind of setting up you know asking them questions about what's going to prepare them most effectively to get where they want to go. So you want to go overseas? Do you know what you want to go to school for? You know, asking simple questions to kind of you know get their interest in in where where their passions are, where their skills are, um, because again, I want to stay away from you know, <laughs> what they're told, what they told their skills are. So, um, from that, from that place, you know, the university preparation is kind of our biggest, what we want to support students with biggest service that we want to support students with, as well as culturally like transitioning to the university and to the city that they're going to. So if they don't know, you know, anything about say Boston, <laughs> you know, right. just to kind of pull off from you, then it would be uh, wise for us to have information for them and to advise them and consult them about the city. Um, everything from the transportation to the banking banks to the even like most importantly is how they learn in the West, how we learn in the West, you know, like mm -hmm. differences of like their way of growing up and learning to um the way the the Western style of educational system is kind of preparing them for the culture shock. Yeah, that's gonna happen. pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's again going back to the when you feel comfortable, you know, moving forward, it gives you that opportunity to even kind of expand that comfort zone when you get to where you're going. Right to when they get to Boston, they would be more comfortable in their setting. Um, maybe they don't just reach out to the Taiwanese Student Association. Um, maybe they, you know, reach out to other American associations, or maybe they just make more American friends because they're more comfortable in their English, their confidence level. So I think that's kind of the the biggest point of helping them prepare this way with the cultural transition, culture shock training, um, university preparation, um, and then also supporting them with tools, strategies, and techniques to really support their student life. Like what would help them stand out, like building a brand for them. Like, okay, so you're going to school. What's What exactly is going to help you stand out for the career that you want? So helping them with tools like that would um, support their, you know, going, having internships, you know, having experience because, you know, that goes against kind of again, against the grain again, what they're taught here in the, here in Taiwan is like if you get good grades you have a good gpa you have good great test scores you get to the best college you're gonna get a great job you know hopefully you know that's the that's the mission that's kind of the traditional thinking um so that's quite different in the western world right you your grades do matter yes of course your tests do matter though at the same time um your experience matters probably the same or if not most in most cases did you want to add on to that? Yeah. Sure. So just one of the things that we uh, help students prepare with uh, when we're going through the initial steps and process is to find out uh, what kind of extracurricular activities yeah. they might be a part of, if they've had a chance to, to volunteer, just anything that can kind of help them set themselves apart when they're going through the application process. Um, it's not 
you know, it's not just about the practicalities like test scores and GPA, but um, also finding out uh, what are the exact things that are going to help them stand apart when they're going through the application process. Leadership roles. Go ahead. I apologize. Yeah, stuff like that. And, um, you know, we even we even take some time to try to find out uh, what their exposure level is to uh, kind of like foreign culture. Like, you know, part of our process even includes asking them uh, what type of what type of media that they typically consume. And if that's, um, you know, something in, in English or if that's primarily in Chinese, because one of the one of the main things that I've found is that um, when people are trying to absorb English, uh, or students here who are trying to absorb English have very much an academic approach towards it. Uh, they just look at it, okay, this is an assignment, this is something I have to do, I have to do it right, and I have to get a good grade. But, you know, what's what's really kind of a more uh, natural way is just to, you know, just, just find something that you enjoy, some, whether it's a TV show, uh, a radio show on ICRT. Um, <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, whether yeah, or, or it could be anything NPR. Um, nice. You know, uh, it could be. Um, as if I already said TV shows, you know, like Netflix, um, Netflix yeah, movies. or, English, or English even TV, even yeah. just you know going on um, you know news websites, going on Google News, and there's a bottomless pit of um, you know uh, English. Um, news articles to read yeah, yeah. from a variety of sources. Sports, yeah, yeah sports, yeah. any anything. Um, so you know just. From my experience, I, I lived, I studied abroad in uh, in Latin America, and actually spent uh, when I wasn't studying, I would actually spend quite a lot of time watching television, and it was just kind of a good way for me to passively uh, absorb some language and just kind of not going in there looking for something particular, but just kind of discovering something a little bit more more naturally, because um, it kind of takes you back to that. Um, being a child when you're absorbing your first language, you spend a lot of time just kind of, you know, listening, observing, and then figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of puts you more uh, in, in, in that sort of stage. You know, I watch like children's cartoons and stuff, and, and I have some roommates <laughs> here who are learning Chinese. They do the same thing. They're watching like Cartoon Network, and you know, they're just kind of like you know picking up kind of whatever they can. Um, so I, I've noticed that uh, yeah, students in Taiwan don't really have that sort of approach or mentality towards you know reading a news article because they want to read it or watching mm -hmm. a show because they enjoy it, and just trying to you know, pick something out. Um, the approach is just a little too academic usually towards English. So you really just tailor your service yeah. to each individual yes. student yep. um, to the best of your ability. Exactly. I mean, then there's to add on to it, to finish up with the, the last couple of services that we offer is, is um, postgraduate support, you know, like what it is to support them moving forward. Like, okay, we, we supported you through this process and given tools. And then maybe some students we have that are graduate students that are gonna, only going to go to school for maybe a master's degree or a year, year and a half, two years. And um, they need support with, you know, interview coaching, resume coaching, uh, things that would support their... Um, Things that would support them moving forward into their career. What would, again, um, help them set them apart from their peers, if you will, and colleagues. Um, and then another one is uh, financial support, like finding out ways to support them financially, whether it be through financial grants, um, scholarships, 
um, uh, real estate ventures for their family if they're interested in it, if they're interested in kind of recouping their investment from their schools or from their child's education, uh, being able to you know invest in real estate in the in the West in the in, in the United States or Canada or where have you. So that's okay. kind of something that would support them because of the stabilized real estate um, um, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, so you do help the I guess the kids, and then you know through college postgraduate and everything mm. but uh have you noticed like an impact on the parents and stuff you know like kind of rub off on them or anything <laughs> the change of mindset yeah i like how you say that because this uh, one client that we have right now um she is she is so unique in the fact that she's very open and willing and like it's a notice that her mindset is just so different than what i'm used to as far as traditional thinking versus like kind of like the modern open um wanting to to change and grow a uh, mindset and she's just taking in all the information that i've kind of shared with her son um to heart that she's like she was even told me the other day she's like you know after our first or second meeting i just started noticing a, a shift in my thinking of like what's possible and her dreams and uh, not thinking that you know things are limited in and her being like oh, okay well i've worked this i've went to school i've worked this long and i'm this age so i'm not able to grow and change and evolve she's able to see like oh there are more things, there's more opportunities for me as well. And it just was great to hear. And I was grateful to hear from her that, you know, just in that moment that she shared with me that she's, uh, has that mindset shift as well yeah. or shifted mindset. Yeah. So I've been working on a master's degree in education and through one of the courses that I've taken, one of the things I learned about was, um, what Josh was just talking about is something called uh, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Mm. Uh, so this is something in, in modern education. Uh, we're trying to cultivate students having uh, more of the, the growth mindset rather than the, the fixed mindset. Could you explain and, what those mindsets are? Real yeah, quick? sure. It's kind of like what Josh has talked about already, but it's just a, a little more um, precise term that's used in uh, educational uh, classes um, and in, edu- in the education of education <laughs> these days. <laughs> All right, so fixed mindset would be more of the uh, traditional mindset that Josh has uh, spoken of already, meaning that, okay, so, you know, I'm smart or I'm dumb, okay? And you basically, you don't have any room to to grow either way, um, you know, and, and even a lot of students, you know, they've done studies on this, uh, students who get told that they're smart um, when they're at a young age, you know, once they come across something that challenges them, um, they, they basically have a be- much better chance of giving up because they're like, well, I'm smart and this is really challenging, but it's, it's too hard. I can't fix myself. You know, this thing is just too hard. So I give up, right? The growth mindset is more about telling kids to say, oh, look, you worked really hard and that's why you were able to, uh, to get this good grade or, or to learn this new concept so that they have, uh, you know, through work, that they are able to to grow themselves instead of uh, just being you know a, a fixed mindset whether they think they're smart or dumb. Um, growth mindset means they can grow through through work and effort. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Like staying in the box, if you will. Instead of staying in a box, they're able to kind of expand their box and their comfort zone. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Getting outside that and just you know through through work and effort, um, you know, uh, just just growing. 
I do want to say something too. I, what was brought up to to my attention too that we hadn't mentioned is something that sets us apart from our competition. And I kind of saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share that um, you know there's recruiting agents that are out and about right now. That's a big industry. The recruit uh, university recruiting agents. They hold you know career or excuse me um, university fairs, and I've attended two this past uh, spring. And um, what's really unique about them is that they really they really do want to support the children and but it's in kind of in a different context or a different way. What they do is they actually represent, you know, between five to 20 schools, depending on how large their, their recruiting agents agency is. And what ends up happening is they'll sit down at a booth and they'll, you know, recruit students over, talk to them and they, you know, kind of, lead them to the schools that they actually that they represent. represent right mm. um and what happens and what it does is a disservice to the students you know you say well these you know what what are your what's your gpa what's your exam scores and what have you what skills are you in and they say oh you know civil engineering or something and and they oh great you know we have a school for that and that's the one school that they offer they say well this is the best school that you can go to you know they're not really saying this is the best school that we only offer they say that this is the best school and what that does in injustices is that it doesn't give them the wide variety of options that are out there for the students so you know whether it be you know across the united states or in canada or where have you um it just says this is limit limitations if you will it puts limitations on what they have to offer and then on top of that uh recruiting agencies do a great job of like supporting students and and um their test grades or you know up leveling their english ability as well as you know maybe helping them fill out applications going through the admission process and the word what kind of stops is there or stops the support is like when they get enrolled whenever they get admitted because they do represent the universities the universe actually paid them a commission, if you will, or pay them, compensate them for their efforts. So when they meet their quota, what have you, they're like, okay, well, you're admitted now. Yeah. Um, we don't, you know, not that we don't want to support you. It's just they need to move on to the next student. It's like an unintended consequence of that system, right? They, we help support you. We get you, to, we get you to the school. And then now you, you and your family have to kind of fend for your own or kind of prepare your own way um, that you can to get to the school and what have you. So what makes us different is that we want to go even further than that. We want to take it to the point where we're supporting you all the way throughout, you know, giving you tools, techniques, and strategies to help you in school and after school so that you're um, well prepared for the career that you desire, the career that you deserve um, to have a success, successful life. Right. And also outside of school with uh, everyday life things with adjusting towards living in a, mm. a different culture and different environment. Yeah. The cultural yeah. transition that I mean, yeah. I've no, I definitely during my research, I noticed that kind of the university um uh, recruiting agents actually don't really support that aspect as well as supporting the knowledge. Can, you know, again, they're attempting just to get the students into school, um, which is great, you know, supporting them. Though, like I said, it kind of does them a little disservice without getting them prepared um, through their mindset, through their cultural transition, um, and also helping them get set up overseas as well. And how about the visa process? Um, I know that that's like like a hard process to, to, sure. to navigate. Um, do you guys uh, support them in that regard as well? I would say what we do is we we consult them to talk to the right people. We have certain referral systems that we have for visas. Um, unfortunately, um, um, the government has a nice little... Uh, Regulation, regulatory um, to what you can and cannot say as far as visas. So what we do is we use referral business 
and we direct them in the right way. So that's our consulting on the visa process so that they get the right information, the most effective information that will support them. Um, though, understandably, the universities actually have a great system of being able to support the students of, you know, once they get accepted, they want to, you know, they're going to get paid from the students or they're going to go, go to school there. They're going to help them get their visa, get their I-20, get their 94 and, and get everything taken care of um, and their F-1 visas as well. So that's, the universities do a great job of supporting in that aspect. Okay, and how about like postgraduate? If a, if your one of oh, your clients wants to sure. stay sure. and work in the country, I think that's a great question right there because um, there's several different opportunities or several visas. Again, we would definitely rely on um, a referral a referral network. H one B is a great one. There's E um, five. There's you know investment investment if they want to be an entrepreneur after they um, graduate that's a great opportunity for them too because you know, let's face it most of the students that go overseas kind of their families have a little bit of money though um, they also can invest in, in in the u.s and invest in a business um, and hiring employees um, as well as um, h1b uh, visas that would support them in getting jobs so there's definitely a network of, of resources that we have at our capacity okay uh, so what are some future goals you guys have for the for the company short term and long term um, I would say short term right now um, is just continue reaching out to students of um, the age target age that we're um, reaching out to, which is uh, high schoolers from the ages of 16 all the way up to graduate students um, of college. So um, we want to help support all this this age range from 16 to 21, 22, if you will, and even young professionals. I mean, we want to get into that field as well. Um, young professionals that want to have a career abroad. So helping them stand out and again with positive and success mindset, because that's sometimes a big thing for um, young professionals is that they don't see the possibility of even going overseas or, or um, having a, um, a different career or having a career abroad that most likely have a, a different salary um, number than what they're used to. You know, they're like the first, the first answer I get when I ask that question is it's so difficult. It's the process would be so difficult. And when you think it's something's difficult, guess what it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And if you think something is more, um, um, is in a, is a growing opportunity and there is a possibility of it, what are you going to think? that it's possible, right? So it's kind of overcoming that mindset too for um, young professionals. So we want to get into that kind of um, field to support young professionals to to have careers abroad. As far as uh, future goals, um, I see us expanding. I see us expanding to um, possibly China. You know, that's definitely one thing that I would like to do. Um, This impact is... I see it as being a global impact. Um, it's not just you know helping students here in Taiwan. That's just obviously we want to support the people that are here and the students that are here first, and then um, move forward because that's all about business, right? Too, you have to think about the business mindset as well as of um, expansion. Yeah, and some other uh, areas we'd be looking to expand into is uh, just trying to help uh, younger students, maybe through elementary and middle school, either get accepted to boarding schools abroad, mm-hmm. if that's uh, what the, the the families are looking to have them do, or to, uh, I mean, there's even possibilities. Um, a, a former coworker of mine had uh, her daughter um, move to the United States by herself for a couple years before attending uh, university. She was still in high school and she moved. Um, she, she lived with the host family and then just attended a, a local um, high school in, in California, uh, even getting a part-time job. So, I mean, that's a, a huge, hmm. huge change for uh, a student from, from Taiwan to, to take on something like that, especially to uh, essentially be on their own uh, like that. So, 
trying to help families who have uh, goals like that to to move their students uh, abroad. Um, you know, even while they're still in middle school, high school, uh, whether that's boarding school or having them live with a host family. Mm. Uh, even trying to get students uh, who uh, want to attend, um, you know, some of those uh, international schools that I mentioned earlier, uh, helping them. Uh, prepare for the exam uh, and everything else that will get them uh, prepared uh, for entry into those schools. And we're also possibly even thinking about helping students, sorry, not students, helping people participate in working holiday uh, arrangements in, in other countries because uh, I think you mentioned to me before that there's some possibility for some kind of like exploitation or mm. something 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 to happen you know they could end up working you know like um, on a farm in Australia and it's just like the experience from hell but you know it's supposed to be this amazing experience yeah I can I can attest to that I actually have a friend of mine that's um, went to Australia for working holiday she ended up working in a farm she was able to make a better salary working in that farm than what she was doing here in Taiwan, which is kind of crazy to think, though. That's was her experience, and her experience, she was she didn't really like the experience, though at the same time, she liked her bank account when she came back. <laughs> a big thank you to Joshua and David for coming on the show to talk to me about their consulting company, LET, in a world that's shifting more and more towards self-improvement, self-care, self-awareness. It's good to see a company strive to instill those values and mindsets through the education sector. And that's it for this week's Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis.